Welcome to 17 Strong. Victories don't come by accident. Here's your host, Steve Deshera. Thanks, Andy. Welcome to another 17 Strong podcast. I'm Steve Deshera, along with my beautiful wife, Holly. Hi, babe. Hey, how are you? Doing well, doing well. Another special guest with us today in studio. Yes, we do. Would you like the honors? Yes, I would love to introduce. She is our Victor Trip recipient. Her name is Gina Bumgardner. Hi, Gina. Hello. How are Welcome. you today? Good. How are you? Good. Good. Thanks for being here. We appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, I want to start by um, maybe Gina telling us a little bit about herself. Gina was actually at our last 17 Strong fundraiser event, and she spoke there. But we are going to um, recap everything that she said on our podcast today. So could you just tell us maybe just a little bit about you? Okay. I am a mom. Your mom. So you have a daughter. I have a daughter. She's 10 and a half. I am a wife and I'm a nurse. Good. And you're a nurse where? At Marion. Awesome. Great. Um, How long have you been married? Been married? Mm -hmm. Almost 10 years. Wow. Congratulations. That's awesome. Yeah. That's exciting. Awesome. And your daughter, you said is how old again? 10 and a half. 10 and a half. So she's in fifth grade? Fifth grade. Oh my goodness. I love her too. She's very quiet. Yes. Super sweet. Um, okay. So I'd like to get a little deep right now and I would like to hear, um, I know Gina's story, so I'm going to eventually get what I want out of her. Um, and I want to hear your mom's story because um, before everything happened with Gina, you have a story about your mom that I think is very crucial to you and your family. So would you mind telling us a little bit about that? I'll tell you about it. Yeah. My mom was diagnosed with stage four metastatic breast cancer in October 2009, just shortly after my daughter was born. She was born June of 2009. Oh, wow. And my mom was diagnosed a couple months after. It had metastasized to the bone when she was diagnosed already. And she went through chemotherapy like a trooper, surgeries, multiple surgeries they did some back surgery to try to remove the cancer. Mm-hmm. And um, she was quite a fighter, quite a fighter. Um, How old is she, was your mom? She approximately. Gina forgot, but that's okay. <laughs> that's not a big deal. We don't, it's you have not, to edit it, this part out. Um, it's not, it, it's not very <clears throat> crucial. Don't worry about it. It doesn't matter. But basically, your daughter. She was middle 50s when she was diagnosed. Oh, she young. Very yes. young. Okay. Mid 50s. Um, passed away eventually in 2016 after battling for seven years. Seven wow. years? Mm-hmm. That's oh incredible for, for being it in the bone and everything. That's that's seven incredible. Years. That's and eventually it had gone to the brain and she had uh, brain surgery and everything. Wow. Mm-hmm. So- who helped her? Who was kind of her caregiver or her who helped with with her care? With her care was my dad and myself mainly were her primary caregivers, taking her to the doctor, to chemotherapy, to the hospital for surgeries, etc. But she did everything possible that she could do to fight it and never never stopped trying to live. And I feel like my daughter in a sense helped her through her journey 
Sure. Oh, absolutely. As a little push of encouragement because my daughter saw literally everything growing up and that's how she knew my mom was sick. So a lot of the time. Yeah, but she kind she never said the word sick. That's kind of just how she knew my mom and my mom you know, could do little things at a time, but not a lot. And she knew that was okay. And that's how grandma was. So in a way it was kind of a blessing in disguise. Wow. Wow. Mm -hmm. But still hard because, you know, I'm sure that your mom wanted to be a grandma to her and your, but also it gave your mom maybe some motivation to live a little longer just Mm -hmm. to see her grow up. Mm -hmm. Um, I always was very touched by that story because um, this little girl that, you know, doesn't know anything else but um, cancer in her life. Mm -hmm. And then, so your mom had passed and um, shortly after that, you had got diagnosed with breast cancer. Yes. My mom passed away, like I said, March of 2016. I was diagnosed uh, the day before Thanksgiving, November 2017. Wow. A year and a half. Yes. Basically. Mm -hmm. How did you find this? I found the lump myself. Okay. Um, After my mom's passing, I had, you know, found out how do we see if it's genetic? Do I have, you know, is there a percent that I may get it? And they always told me you're too young for mammograms. Just do self exams. You're not 40, et cetera, et cetera. I found the lump myself, went to the doctor, immediately was put in for an appointment for an ultrasound. They told me, well, it's solid, but we don't know what it is. You'll need to have a biopsy. So I had a biopsy done, and it took five days for them to call me and tell me the results. But throughout those five days, they were working behind the scenes without me knowing anything, getting me into Mission Hope. Oh, wow. Wow. And were you a nurse at that time? Yes. Yes. So they were, they knew your name probably, yes. what you did mm-hmm. and you could navigate um, in the proper areas that that was. Um, I think it's so important. Um, we hear so much about you know, breast cancer and, and cancer is the number one thing that we deal with with 17 strong is the, and I think it's so important those self exams. Yes. Because oh, yeah. we're finding cancer more and more with younger and younger people. Exactly, And they're being told the same thing. You're too young. Don't worry about it, whatever it is. But it's those self-exams. Or it goes in, back to being your own advocate. Exactly. Correct. A hundred percent. And even in like Melissa's case, for those of you that, you know, heard the podcast with uh, Melissa Matheson, it was her daughter that found a lump. I yeah. mean, she was, you know, the same thing. You're a young mom, three kids. You're not even on the radar no, for it. No, exactly. You know? But it is super important to be your own advocate. And I know that Gina, you would, you would encourage anybody to, to do that. Um, make sure that you do a self exam and, um, and make sure that you are, look out for your own best interests, whether you think you need a mammogram or a, a, ultrasound is like the newer thing too. Yes. And listen to your body. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay. So you got diagnosed. Um, what was yours? I mean, I know it's breast cancer, but there's so many different things. What was the stage and what was, cause I know, I don't know if you have carry the BRCA gene or. I was diagnosed with stage two breast cancer, uh, estrogen, progesterone positive. So it's hormone driven. Her two negative. Negative, gotcha. And um, my genetic testing all came back negative. So well, that's I am great. Not genetic. Okay, so that's really good. So, um, and those all make a difference. Everything that she stated, um, 
her to positive, negative, all that other stuff, it makes a difference in your treatment. Yes, correct. Yeah. So um, let's go back to when you were diagnosed. So we have your mom that you had to deal with, and now you're having to battle. Um, what was your response? How did you handle this? And what was your first thought? Do you remember? My first thought was, I never thought I would be diagnosed with cancer. One exactly. in eight women are diagnosed with breast cancer. Lots of stati statistics. <laughs> so I never thought it would have been me. Um, I was shocked, confused, said the why me over and over mm. and over again, but then said if my mom can battle, I can battle. And yep. so that's where I started. It's Absolutely. a mindset. It is it's an absolute mindset. mindset. I agree with that. I do. I believe. And you're is. allowed to ask yourself all those questions. I mean, that happens to anybody. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm so young. Why me? Why did this happen? I mean, you know, we, we ask ourselves all the, that all the time with Ryan. Yep. You know, why did it have to happen to him? I mean, here he is a young, strong athlete. And, you know, they, and they can't tell you why cancer happens. I they mean, don't. Yeah, they, they, don't know. they don't know what triggers our cells to fight it or not fight it. You know, yeah, that's the magic question. Yeah. Yep. I know. And if we have that, we'd be millionaires. Yeah. <laughs> Go 17 strong. No. <laughs> anyway, um, I want to know what your daughter, how her response was, because seeing your mom and now you. So what what was her? How did she handle it? Um, we didn't tell her the first couple of weeks as I was continuing to go through testing. We didn't tell her anything because we didn't have all the answers. It took weeks to get all yeah. the answers, genetic testing and everything else. So we didn't tell her anything until we knew for sure. And when we told her, she said, are you going to be really sick like grandma was? And that was really hard to answer because yes, I knew I was going to be sick because yeah. of chemotherapy, but my cancer is not what my mom had. Right. So when my mom was diagnosed, it had already metastasized to the bone. It was stage four. She was extremely sick. Whereas mine was stage two and they had a regimen already planned out for me and said stage two is curable. Absolutely. So you felt good about that and you felt like, you know, she could, she, you could encourage her that this is going to be okay. Like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mommy's going to have her good days and her bad days. Yep. So, and she accepted that and, um, and she wasn't emotional or, um, Good. I mean, that's hard to wrap your head around something so heavy when you're so young. Right. You know? And she's old enough to understand everything because yes. she saw my mom go through it and now me. So right. she's yeah. a smart, smart little girl. That's right. That's right. So um, you had a good mindset. You had a good support system. And um, what was your, what did your roadmap look like in treatment? So I know everybody's is a little different. So I just wanted to hear what you went through. Um, so they told me my plan was going to be chemotherapy, surgery, and radiation to follow. I started chemotherapy January of 2018 mm -hmm. and had 16 rounds of chemo. Ooh, 16 rounds. 16 rounds. Yikes. The first four rounds completely knocked me down, knocked me down. It was a cycle of two different medications, chemotherapy meds given to me, and after that, I was in bed for a week straight, nauseous, extremely weak, 
Oh my goodness. How Miserable. many, how yeah. How much time in between the two rounds? It was rounds? a treatment every two weeks. So I got the oh, two wow. drugs on the same day. Two weeks later would start. And that's when anxiety and fear kicked in because I felt bad for a week and then I would start to feel good. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm going back and you're going to feel terrible all over again. And that's when anxiety kicks in and it's Boy. extremely hard. We've we heard that. Relate yeah. To that. And we've heard that time and time again. Yep. You know, just as you start feeling better, hey, I've got this. And then you look at the calendar and realize, oh man, tomorrow I go back in. Yeah. Did you, you didn't have, you don't have to have the Nulasta shot, did you? After? I did have to have the Nulasta shot. How did that, how did you, how did you handle that? Ryan had it and he hated it. Oh my gosh. It was horrible to watch it. Steve gave it to him and he had every side effect. And then I know other people that don't have any side effects. So I was just wondering. It was terrible. I um, would get it the day after my Mm -hmm. chemotherapy. My count tripled with the first shot. My count tripled, increased. Their white blood cell count. Because of the shot, which is what it's supposed to do. But they said, you're young, your body's cranking everything out to fight. Um, And being a nurse, nurses are the worst patient. So (laughs) after my... Coming from Gina. (laughs) After my fourth round of chemotherapy, I refused my new last shot and got extremely sick. Really? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And did it prolong? I had neutropenic fever. Mm -hmm. Prolonged it by a week. Um, but my doctor said that I was doing okay. I didn't need the new last shot. I had my accounts were good enough to not receive it since it was my last one. And like I said earlier, having so much anxiety and fear over this chemotherapy, I think they were just trying to help my mind. Sure. But I still felt bad. So I don't know if I don't know how the new last really truly made me feel. I think the chemo side effects may have overtaken the new Lasta side effects. Sure. And then after my terrible four rounds, I had weekly chemotherapy for 12 weeks. For Okay. So, and that was your maintenance type. So wasn't, um, you didn't go in for the infusions. It was basically like a, a, a pill that you took? No, I went in for infusions. Oh, you did. Mm-hmm. Okay. My weekly one, I went in and sat there for three to four hours at a time and they oh. give you medications prior and, um, they told me it was going to be a lot easier than the other chemo I was on, and I didn't believe them. Of course. So yeah. it actually ended up being a lot easier. Okay. I hardly had any side effects. Oh, that's good. That's really good. Now, where did your surgery come into play? My surgery came into play after my 16 rounds of chemotherapy. Oh, completely done then. Completely done with chemotherapy. They wanted to make sure that my tumor had shrunk at least in half. And did it? It did. When oh, I was diagnosed, good. my tumor was almost four centimeters. So come surgery time, it was almost two. So it almost shrunk in half like they wanted to. Okay. I had surgery, long surgery, um, which ended up being unsuccessful. Oh. During my first surgery, they did found, find that it had gone to one of my lymph nodes that they took during my first surgery. Mm. So knowing that my first surgery was unsuccessful, I needed another surgery. So. Oh, that's... Yeah. I had a second surgery. Hard to swallow. Very hard to swallow. Mm. And, and how, that was successful. Because, okay. So the second one was successful. And what was the time in between those? Six months or? So no. No. Okay. Less than two months. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so the second one was successful and then you had to go into radiation. Correct. But I had to wait until I was healed from surgery. So I waited about less than two months again to start radiation 
met with them and had 36 rounds. You go every day, Monday through Friday for seven weeks. Wow. Yeah, that was Ryan too. That was Ryan had to do six weeks, Monday through Friday. And once you get in there, it was like 10 minutes at the most. It's fast. Yeah, They have you lay on the pillow that's already molded to your body. You have the tattoo markings on you and they line you up and and you're out the door. No, did you have any side effects from that? I did have some side effects and it's weird because with radiation you lay on a table and nothing touches you. So you think, "Oh, this is easy." This is easy, right? Nothing's going to happen and they tell you, "Certain time from here you're going to your skin's going to start to turn red and you're like, "Oh, no, I'm fine." And then you wake up that day and there it is. It's red. Did Got you, a sunburn. Yeah. Yep. Did you ever get like uh, real tired with it? Tired. Real tired. Mm-hmm. That's what Ryan got too, was tired. Um, yeah. And it wasn't until like, you know, third weekend, yes. you're really tired, you know. Um, but they said that was the side effects and that was pretty normal. That mm-hmm. was, you know, and if that's all that you had, you were like thankful that <laughs> you're just yeah, tired. Yeah. Radiation was a lot easier than chemo. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, We've heard time and time again how everybody's battle's different. I mean, there's there's not one treatment that we've heard of that is identical. Yep. It, it all is fit to the person, to the patient, whatever they're experiencing. And it's so important that we remember as healthcare providers and Gina as a nurse, you treat the patient first. Absolutely. You treat the person first. Absolutely, because every symptom's different. Exactly. And one person might have... Uh, different symptoms in another one. And, you know, and they have meds for that. And I know that as a nurse, you want to take advantage of that if you, if you need it, you know, Mm -hmm. you want to feel better if you can, you know, and all those things. But I think that being a nurse, you are educated on, you know, all the stuff that's out there, which I don't know that that necessarily makes you a terrible patient. It's just, you're a lot more educated. But I think it might've made it worse being in the healthcare industry going through this. That's interesting because in our case, Steve was a paramedic for 10 years and it benefited us so much because he was the one, you know, asking questions and good questions that I didn't even, it was like a different language. So, um, you know, that there, it, it can, there's it, pros and cons, pros and cons yeah. for sure. For so sure. what was your mindset? Anybody that's, that's being diagnosed. I mean, we have a friend of ours that has been recently diagnosed, um, what, I know what her mindset's like because Holly talks to her all the time, but what was your mindset and what got you through all of that? A few things. My daughter. Yep. My husband. The rest of my family. And like I said earlier, if my mom could fight, I could fight. And God. 100%. 100%. Right on. Right on. A lot of times people ask us that too. It's how do you get through this? And you're so strong. Yes. Well, first of all, you don't have a choice. Correct. Right? So um, you're brave and you're and you're strong because you have the faith in the Lord to get you through it. Right. And ultimately, exactly. um, that's how Steve and I have to, you know, that's... Uh, it's not by choice that we go through this, you know, it's, it's a horrible thing. And, um, you know, the saying that God only gives you something that you can handle, but man, he really trusted us a lot because I was thinking I can't handle this, but you know, I really feel that, um, things happen for a reason. And it's so important to remember that tomorrow has its own problems. Yep. Right. So you only deal with what you can deal with on that day, don't worry about tomorrow yep. mm-hmm. and yesterday's behind you. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing you can do. So That's you right. tackle it 
One day at a time. Yep. One minute. Yeah. One hour. True. One day, one week, so yeah. on and so forth. That's true. And ultimately, I really feel that um, nobody understands living one day at a time until you actually have to do it. Right. When you have to live one day at a time, it's it's a totally different perspective. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, you know, you can say it all day long, but when you're going through that and you're having to do one day at a time, it really does... Um, it's hard. It's definitely hard. Um, let's change gears here. Um, I uh, met Gina uh, at the very beginning of her treatment, yes. which was very rare. Um, I'm not really even sure how it happened. So I contacted Gina through, you know, 17 Strong, trying to um, see where she wanted to go on a victory trip. And she tells me, I just got diagnosed. And I went, what? I had only had two rounds of chemo. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, so here I was thinking that she was done and she was literally at the very beginning of her stage of, uh, or her journey, her cancer journey. Mm -hmm. So I believe that's why Gina and I are really close because we did get to go through that together. Um, every step of the way, I didn't actually meet you in person until, until I was done with treatment. Yep. Yep. And I remember that visit. Do you remember? Yep. At Starbucks outside. That's right. Um, So anyway. This um, is not an endorsement or advertisement for Starbucks, but that's okay. That's okay. That's where we met that day. We like Starbucks. Yes, we do. So anyway, um, we did. We met in person, but it had to be, I kept in contact with you for eight months. 10 months, something like that. My whole journey. Yeah. Um, you had texted me and said, just seeing how you're doing. I, I have written down, you're supposed to be done with treatment. And I said, I just finished chemotherapy, but I still have surgery and radiation ahead. Yeah. And so we were on this journey together. It was very interesting. Um, but I, I enjoyed getting to know her and, um, and you had a few setbacks that we, I, you know, usually don't ever hear about. So Mm -hmm. it was, um, good that I knew, um, what she was going through at that moment. And, um, and I definitely was, uh, praying and, and thinking about you a lot during those times because I know how hard it is. And, um, but when we did meet, um, you had a destination that you wanted to do. So tell us about your victory trip and well, first tell us about how you, what you thought about 17 Strong when I first called, like, did you, who told you about it and all that stuff? When I was diagnosed uh, with cancer, a nurse navigator came in the room and gave me a binder that you're given with all the treatment you're going to receive and you're supposed to bring it to every appointment. And she gave me a hug and she said, I'm so sorry you're going through this, especially being a nurse, but I want to let you know about this organization and I'm going to give them your information. And I was, you know, just thinking to myself, don't get your hopes up, Gina. It's probably never going to happen. This is this. <laughs> if something sounds too good to be true, it probably is. <laughs> it probably is. We deal with this all the time. Yes. What you want to give us a trip? <laughs> yeah, we do. So I said, okay, you know, we'll see what happens. And like I said, my second chemotherapy, Holly texted me and said, "Oh, my name's Holly, seventeen strong," and asked me about six or seven questions, and I told my husband, you're never going to believe it. I heard from 17 <laughs> Strong. Remember, they told us about it. And I answered all the questions. And Holly said, oh, I I thought you were done with treatment. <laughs> I said, no, I just started. And she said, I won't forget about you. We'll keep in touch. And she never did forget about me. We kept in touch my whole treatment. 
and met after my treatment was complete and chatted. That's right. We did. Mm -hmm. And I asked, okay, so what are we, what are we going to plan? What are we going to do? What does your victory trip look like? And you chose, you want to say? Well, my number one was Atlantis Bahamas, which is where we went. I wanted a place that had a beach, was nice weather. I could relax, but also do some touristy things. Yes. So that was great. I don't even remember anything else that was on your list because I tried to do her number one Mm -hmm. and she was our first one that we sent to the Bahamas. So it was so awesome. So awesome to, and did you have a great time? Excellent time. Me and my husband went, but we did take our daughter because we felt, I felt like she had been through so much with my mom and now me, and she's old enough to realize the impact that cancer has on it. Absolutely. And it wasn't just me that went through everything. It's also your family and your friends oh, that yeah. go on the journey with you. So I felt we need to take her with us. And we went over the summer and it was actually her 10th birthday while we were on our trip. <laughs> Lucky girl. Lucky girl. Yeah. And you guys got to swim with the dolphins. Swam with the dolphins. Went on to the beach every day. Atlantis also has the water park. Mm. So we were there every day as well. That's right. It's beautiful. I've never been. Did but- you do the aquarium? No, my husband did that. The drop into the shark tank. That was his deal. It was oh. just a little too much for me. <laughs> You could stand back and watch. Yep. I love it. I love that. That was great. So what was your highlight on your trip? Do you think? Do you have one? Oh, I have a couple highlights. Probably just spending time with, as the three of us as a family, with, we had our cell phones, but we're not on them. No, It was just being together and wow, look at what we have been through. Yep. And let's enjoy each other in the company. Mm-hmm. And it was, we had an absolute blast. That's great. I love to hear that because it is so much more than a trip. You know, I believe right. that with all my heart. There's, um, It's a reset. It is. Mm-hmm. It's a reset. And just to be able to put that aside. I love that. Right. Um, you know, and as a family, as a family, because you do, you all go through it together. And um, yeah, you just close that book and and you're starting new chapters and new memories. And yeah. you didn't think one minute about cancer when you were in Atlantis. No. So that's uh, that's the whole point. Completely so forgot that. about everything I had been through. Except right. sharks. Except <laughs> for the sharks. That's right. I don't blame her on the sharks. Um, yeah. Um, what would you recommend or what would you, what advice would you give somebody that maybe just got diagnosed a few things one is to have somebody with you who can go to your appointments with you to help take in all the information because it's extremely overwhelming yep and to you know Many people every day fight cancer, and so you're not alone. That's right. There's lots of resources out there, support groups to help you battle everything. And the staff at Mission Hope were amazing, phenomenal. The nurses, they become a second family in a sort of way because you see them for all your treatments. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they kind of learn about your whole life while you're there. They took care of my mom. Yeah. So when I had gone, they recognized my dad. Wow. So, um, you know, he said, if my wife can do it, here's my daughter. Wow, and he yeah. went, my dad went with me to every single chemotherapy. Wow. Wow. How's mm-hmm. your dad doing? My dad's doing okay. Good. Yeah. Good. 
Yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, that's amazing because it is. It takes it takes a lot. Um, I have heard too that you have a lot of support during treatment, but um, the after treatment, you know, the anxiety of um, going to get your scans or getting your you know your stuff together is is hard, and it's it's a PTSD yes, you know type correct. thing that you have to deal with. But um, but yeah, you do have to move forward and um. And go about your life and live your life, um, you know, and you can't be worried about cancer all the time. You know, you have to be able to, like you, like we said, to reset. Um, you have to keep living. Yeah, yes. Absolutely. It's important. And Gina, I know as a nurse and, and I, like I was a paramedic before, so I understand the healthcare um, system and I know what it's like working with people that are sick and everything. And it takes a special person to do that. And now that you've completed this treatment and you're in the emergency room, correct? Yes. Is there something that you want to do now to give back to others that have been through beyond the emergency room? I see myself being in the emergency room while I still have the energy and I'm young, but later, you know, the thing about nursing is you can work wherever mm -hmm. there's many places to work, but I do see myself one day being a nurse navigator of some sort, a patient advocate, not maybe not necessarily for people with cancer, but in other traumas or something like that. So I love that. I yeah. love that giving back. And it's so important because you've been there, right? You know what these people feel like. And, and it's so important because you're sympathetic, you're compassionate because you realize what they're going through sitting in that chair and they are zoned out only hearing half of what you're saying mm -hmm. in a fog. I know, like I could only, and you're right. You do need somebody sitting there with you because you can only absorb so much. Yep. You stop even thinking after they say, oh, I need 16 rounds of chemo. You're like, what does that look like? You yep. know? So you do need somebody else to, to, um, absorb some of the information. Yeah. I think it's so amazing looking back and we've met so many people through 17 strong. And then we've said this before on other podcasts, but the people that experience this trauma, that it changes their life and they allow it to become a positive thing and they become social workers, they become counselors, yep. they become nurses because they want to give back That's because right. mm -hmm. they've experienced firsthand what it's like to go through this and they want to help comfort others and hold their hand when they're going through I it. I think that is amazing. And it, right. it makes you such a better person and nurse in going alongside of somebody like that. Right. You know, it's the old adage, you know, you get a bunch of lemons, but what are you going to do with those lemons? You can let them rot or you can turn them into lemonade. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's what these people are doing, such yeah. as yourself. Mm -hmm. You're taking the lemons that you were given, you're making lemonade, okay. and you're going to share and help heal others. Right. So right. it's so important. Yeah, we we are just amazed with the people that we have met through 17 Strong and um, and their journeys. And every, like we said, every journey is different. And, um, and we love that people are wanting to give back. And um, yeah, I've already told you about a friend that's got diagnosed and, and I know there's a few of them that said, give them my number. I'll, I'd love to talk to them, have coffee. And, and that's so important, you know, mm -hmm. because 
sometimes I don't know what to say, you know, but you might have something very encouraging to say. So I am so thankful that you are here today. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you for sending me on my trip and allowing me to be a part of 17 Strong. Well, it's it's because of our supporters and donors that we're able to do what we do. So we, you know, like to thank them for their continued support. And, um, you know, if you're interested in helping support other people like Gina, visit our website, 17strong.org, and uh, make a donation. You can make a donation on somebody's behalf that you know that they're going through something. So, but Gina, thank you. Thank Dave, you. It's been a pleasure. And with that, we'll wrap up another podcast for 17 Strong. Remember, attitude is everything. You've been listening to 17 Strong. Victories don't come by accident. To be part of the show, make a donation, or request more information, go to 17strong.org. That's S-E-V-E-N-T-E-E-N strong.org.